Hi, I'm Brandon. Thanks so much for coming back to, or maybe for the first time, welcome to the Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast. Want to come to you with the episodes that revolve around spiritual abuse, trauma recovery, and things that are most helpful for you in your journey. I myself was spiritually abused uh, 20 years ago, and still I'm having to make sense of not just the church world, but to, let's say, an everyday rediscovering of my relationship with Jesus in the way that it's truly intended, and not the way that man wanted it to be, but the way it really is with God. And when I do these podcasts, typically I have episodes that I feature special guests, and also I have these little short segments like what I'm doing today. So I've been calling these short segments Real Talk, but in retrospect, I feel that they lack a little bit of relevancy. So I wanna speak to the manner of things that are really trending, that are really hot, that you see off your social feeds, things that people are talking about. Welcome to the Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast with Brandon Dempsey. Confessions of a Worship Leader helps survivors of spiritual abuse and those traumatized by toxic churches. Now, it's time to confess the mess. Here's Brandon. So let's jump into my reel. Now, what I've seen the first thing that showed up in my social feed, number one, was a statement put out by the Gospel Coalition. Now, I don't know if you keep up with them. I rarely do. I just see things every now and then. But one thing that was very shocking to me that my friend Rick Peduck had pointed out, and by the way, we're going to have Rick on a full interview, so I can't wait for that. But he screen grabbed a statement that the Gospel Coalition made, and this is what it said. We think people are leaving the church today because of all the church scandals, but it's possible we hear more about church scandals today because people seek to justify their decision to leave. Okay, so let's kind of debunk that a little bit. So they're saying that people are leaving the church They think people are leaving the church because of church scandals. Okay, so that's a problem right right there. And there's an acknowledgement that they see that there are scandals and they see people leaving. What's interesting is that they're not calling out the scandal. The, The tweet that they made goes on and it says, but it's possible we hear more about church scandals today because people seek to justify their decision to leave. So what's interesting is that it's, it's almost like a blame on people for leaving the church and not a blame on the church leaders who are causing the scandal. I mean, how stupid do you have to be to not see the problem within your own church and people leaving because of something that is immoral or unaccounted for, criminal, that's going on within your congregation. And yet you want to blame the people for leaving, but you're not blaming the individuals or holding accountable the individuals who are causing the scandal. So I had a response on that. And I simply had said that it's not the fact that 
people are leaving because of scandals. It's because the church is not holding the religious leaders and pastors accountable for the scandal, for the sake of what? Church optics, how the church looks, the power that they exude, the reputation that they have. And still, still, these spiritually abusive environments continue to highlight the fact of, well, look at how great this ministry is and how could we have problems? And we don't have any scandals because we just have a lot of people that are complaining about what they think is a scandal, but it really doesn't exist. And so right there, we have a complete flat-out denial for survivors who have been hurt and abused, a denial of wrongdoing from the leadership, and a wrongdoing that's not acknowledged from overseeing groups like the Gospel Coalition who continuously do not want to take accountability for what's really happening. And so all over my reels and also in threads, people are just upset. And, you know, it's like like one guy here uh had a, had a comment. And, and by the way, I'm not going to name names on uh, uh, people responses because that's not, you know, I, I don't want to point people out, but I will talk about what they said. And what they said is that the problem isn't with the leaders doing horrible things. The problem is those of us leaving the church because it won't do anything to stop leaders from doing horrible things. The problem is those who of us leaving the church because it won't do anything to stop leaders from doing horrible things. We can leave all we want. But the problem is is that he's right. It's not going to change the fact of what the leaders are doing. And it doesn't matter if the church completely folds with no people in it, because the church wants to continue to do horrible things that, um, that are unjustifiable. And so... You know, the, the problem that we see in spiritual abuse is that it's, it's a patternistic approach to um, ex- ex- uh, the, uh, the power to manipulate and hold over people. And I talked about this even within my own reels this past week, Confessions of a Worship Leader, on my Instagram and threads. I talked about, uh, even today, I put out the statement, it is shameful for a church to protect abusers for the sake of optics and power. Because see, when you're in that spiritually abusive environment, it's so easy for us, right, to just kind of hide things under the rug. Oh, well, I, I don't think the pastor said it or meant it that way. Or I don't think what I saw here really happened. But I'm just going to shush it away and, and not make a big deal about it. Now, are we at fault? for our first response of, of either, you know, turning, a, turning aside from it? Um, or are we going to stand up and point out the problem? That's a hard fork in the road intersection. I will tell you that I'm guilty of seeing and hearing things in the church, and I, and I think to myself, well, I, I don't want to draw attention to that. I'm just going to put it here to the side because why do we do that? Because we want to think good of the church, right? 
I mean, initially, you know, before we really even knew that we were spiritually abused, we were trying to do right, trying to do good, trying to get people the benefit of the doubt, trying to believe the pastor or church leaders to think that, hey, they're holy and they know what they're doing. And kind of find out later on as we go down that rabbit hole, things are not so holy. And then things become more more problematic where they start affecting you personally and spiritually like it did for me until I had to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. And, and, and I've seen this too long for these many years, and I cannot turn a blind eye to it anymore. I have to stand up and say something. Or it's time for me to stand up and leave. And that is so hard for a lot of folks, is the fact of how do I leave the spiritually abusive and toxic church? Well, here's what I said in, a, in another post, that... You are, the topic was you are faithful to leave your spiritually abusive church. (laughs) And what I mean by that is that we have so many voices in the church right now that are in um, patriarchal or high control settings that tell you, well, you must stay faithful to the church. You can't just leave because you need to stay faithful to the family of God. But, But do you understand that's the whole problem with that? narcissistic pastor, the whole problem with you is that you say these things and that just re-insulates the very abuse that you are exhibiting when we say that you must stay and you can't leave. What does that sound like? I mean, look, let's talk about abuse for a second. Abuse is abuse, no matter if it's spiritual, sexual, physical, verbal, emotional, it's abuse is abuse. Now, why do we think that just because it's said in the church that it's not so bad as the abuse that happens outside the church? Because what is it? What, what Really, what is it? it is, is that abuse more holy, right, than the abuse that occurs outside the church? And so we tend to put this halo around it thinking, oh, but it's not that bad. But see, that's humanly, that's our response, like what I was just explaining to you my first reaction to seeing spiritual abuse. Nah, I don't know if that really happened or not. I really don't want to get into that. I don't want to think about it. But, but that is the whole deception. That is the whole deception of what spiritual abuse really does. And that's the whole deception of abuse, period. So for anyone to say you must stay in an abusive environment to be faithful, oh, well, let's, let's put that in the context of abuse that happens outside the church, Would you say the same thing? Would you say that it's okay to be faithful to the battering husband or battering wife who abuses you physically? Or for those who um, verbally uh, destroy you? And so, what? You mean you can't say it's okay? It's not the same thing? Well, why isn't it the same thing? What, What makes abuse different from inside the church or outside the church. Last time I checked, it's still abuse. So we're kidding ourselves. We're actually, what we're doing is when we, when we put it under the church roof, abuse, what we're actually doing is we're just, I mean, plain and simple, excusing it. Because it doesn't look or feel like the same thing in the world because after all, it's happening in the four walls of the church and the four walls of the church are holy. Let me tell you, we don't have any problems here at this church. We don't have sin because we have a pastor, a church, 
who preaches the truth and they eradicated the sin from our family. Really? Are they Jesus? I'm sorry, I've never heard of that before in my life. I mean, I'm sinful too. Did they eradicate me from the same place? Because, I mean, really, we're just as sinful as the next person. And wait, so now you're saying you eradicated sin from the church and that your church is more holy more holy than anybody else? Well, who the freak are you? I mean, you know, let, come on, brothers and sisters, let's wake up. Let's really understand what abuse really is and call it by its name. That's something that we don't do in the church, which is why we don't hold these leaders accountable. And they keep on battering lives. They keep on abusing. They keep on destroying and damaging families. I myself was spiritually abused when I started out as a young worship leader. And, you know, I had to go in thinking that, hey, I want to do a good job. And my, look, my code of morals were right. And my integrity was in check of, hey, I want to serve God wholeheartedly, follow the Bible, and do the best I can. What's more innocent than that? But as we get into what spiritual abuse is, we, we now hear these voices that tell us, well, you're not good enough. You're not serving quite enough. You did not give your all to Christ. And also, you must not touch God's holy anointed, right? All these lies that tell us something about ourselves that we're not. And so I think, this is why I say in, in a lot of my videos or even at the end of this podcast is that your story matters and it's worth confessing. That's another post I made this past week because your story of what you've been through during your spiritual abuse matters because it happened to you. It didn't happen. Maybe it happened to somebody else, but you're the one that's living it and your, your feelings matter. The hurt that you experience is real. The, the reality is that it's not your fault. It was out of your control. This is another reason why these, these same kind of thoughts um, hold people back from leaving these spiritually abusive environments. They're also told uh, not to talk. They are, their pain is silenced. I know so many worship leaders that are in so much pain right now, and they're still serving in their churches, and they can't leave. And they're in spiritually depriving places, abusive places. Why can't they leave, Brandon? Well, the same reason why it was hard for me to leave when I was in the spiritually abusive church. Because when, it, when you're a member, you know, you, you, have a lo- you have more options than a staff member. When you're a church member, you're still tied into the ministry like anybody else, depending on how deep you go to serve, right? But when you become a staff member, now your livelihood, well-being, and income is now tied into that place. So if you were to leave, where does your family go? And what happens to you financially? And that was uh, my story and the many story of others that I, to, to this day, even yesterday, I had a phone call with a worship leader that they were telling me that is the number one reason why it's hard for them to leave their church because they're going to lose their jobs. So they have to hang in there, so to speak, until the clouds clear. I know that feeling. 
Many of you that are listening right now, you may be in that same experience, or you may be a church member that has a different experience, but traumatically it is difficult for you to leave. I'm here to tell you, leaving is the best thing that you can do. Leaving is the best thing you can do because you are not being faithful to God while existing in that same abusive environment. How can you walk boldly, lovingly in mercy and grow fruits of the Spirit like we all learn? How can you do all those things from a, a freedom standpoint of the heart when your heart is being caged by a narcissistic leader? It just doesn't happen. And let me just say this too. No, I've heard this also um, this past week spoken by friends, but if I just pray hard enough, right? If, if I just pray it away, maybe God will make that narcissistic leader better. Or I want to say it this way too, worship leaders. If I just do the best worship service, maybe that will get the pastor off my back. Wow, I lived that life. Let me just tell you, there is nothing that you can do to change the heart of a narcissistic leader or a spiritually abusive environment. Like I said, abuse is abuse, right? So, yes, you can pray for your abuser. And I prayed for many spiritually abusive pastors and still do. But to expect them to change based on my prayer, based on my prayer, is on one way, it's one way arrogant for me to think that I can just pray it away. You can't. It's for the Holy Spirit to change, so it's not my job. I can't jump inside that person and change their way of thinking. But the reality is, is that abusers don't change. That's the reason why they keep abusing, because that's who they are. So we have to be the ones to change. We have to be the ones to step outside the uncomfortability of where we're at and get help. And I know it's scary, and it feels like it's, you're going to lose everything, but didn't Jesus say also that if we lose everything, it's for his gain? Friends, I stepped away from my own spiritually abusive church, uprooted my family and I about close to three years ago, and it was the best move I've ever made. And it was scary. My income was tied into it. And this happened during COVID, and they wanted me to stay on, even though they laid off other staff members, and they were suggesting make, making the, um, uh, the plan for me that I was going to have to go furlough for a while. And I could not do that to my family. But, but at the same time, receiving their um, weekly week-in-and-out spiritual abuse, I told the pastor, no, sorry, this is where we end and we exit. And it was so, in, in, in a lot of ways, it was hard, but in very many other ways, it was quite easy. Just walking out the door and then trusting God. And sure enough, man, before I knew it, God had me employed. God took care of my family. God gave us a place to worship. God gave my family and I the environment to heal. And it was beautiful. So yes, if you want things to change, you have to leave that spiritually abusive environment and there's no shame in that because it's not being faithful to stay. You're being faithful 
to leave. And when you're being faithful to leave, that alone, even within its own silence, it does in a way hold the narcissistic leaders and spiritually abusive pastors and churches accountable. It does hold them accountable because they know in their hearts what's really happening. And they know that change is needed, but they're unwilling. So who said that they're going to have the last word? Jesus did. So it's only by God's return, God's vengeance, God's judgment that they will face for their behaviors and the lives they lived and how many people that they damaged and destroyed along the way. So I say to you, if you are in this walk right now where you are trying to heal from those depressive and oppressive environments, my friends, please seek professional help outside the church. Walk with those who have maybe gone through something similar to you, reach out to them. Because what, you know what, you're not alone. And I stand truth of that. So that's my real. My real for you is that it is okay to leave your spiritually abusive environment. In fact, I encourage it. <laughs> so um, thanks for being with me here on this um, My Reels segment of the Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast. I ask, would you please give us a, will you give us a high rating for this episode? And will you please drop a comment? Because did you know that when you mark a high rating, uh, when you drop a comment, you're helping us spread the news to others. And also people learn what you experienced and the things that you've grabbed from this episode that may help them. So my thanks in advance. And thank you also for following Confessions of a Worship Leader on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, X, and anywhere else that you can find us, YouTube as well. Anyway, I love you guys, and um, I will see you back on the next podcast. We're going to have great friends that are stopping by. Uh, We have Mary DeMuth, uh, author, uh, concerning things of spiritual abuse. Also, we're going to have, as mentioned, Rick Peduck, and that will be in the uh, season three. We're going to wrap up season two for this year with good friend Michael Card. Uh, Mike has been a great friend and mentor of mine for uh, maybe the past almost 20 years, almost as long as I've been in ministry. And just a great man of God. If you remember Michael Card um, from the 80s and 90s, uh, he is now um, a theologian's theologian, and just a but he's got such a great heart for the church. He understands spiritual abuse and he understands the need for true Christ healing and for us to truly walk out and to live the gospel in the way that God intended. Anyway, my friends, look out for those episodes and please subscribe to this podcast and our videos so that you get them once they drop. Other than that, um, my love and prayers and best wishes to you. And we'll see you back here on the next podcast on the Confessions of a Worship Leader. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us again on Confessions of a Worship Leader. Remember, no story is too crazy. No heartbreak is too much for God to handle. We are here to help spiritual abuse survivors. 
DM us on our socials or text at 512-537-6677. This has been a worship team training, digital production of Confessions of a Worship Leader podcast. Copyright 2023. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you again on the next one.